What's up, everybody? So about three or four years ago while living in Miami, God allowed me the opportunity to meet an amazing woman by the name of Myra Williams. When we were introduced, I, through discernment, knew that she was in a league of her own. Since that time, we've been able to do some amazing things. And to this day, we're still working together. That's how you know it's a good relationship. I also met her husband, Tedrick Williams, who is the pastor of Worthy Walk Ministries. He, too, carries an anointing unparalleled. Through the years, I have admired their marriage and love for one another. I'm equally excited to have them on the show this week to discuss the highs and lows of marriage and what real love looks like. Stay tuned. You're listening to L.E.D. Okay, so guys, what's going on? How are you doing? We're good. We're doing very well. How are you? I'm great. Let me tell you, first of all, thank you for being a part of season one. I really, honestly cannot uh, thank you guys enough for taking time or seeing seeing enough in me or believing in me enough to want to be a part of this first season, um, which I'm extremely excited about. So thank you again. We are happy to be on. I want to... Um, first go back a little bit before we go into our discussion and just talk a little bit about um, both of you from my perspective Um, as I stated um, at the beginning I met Myra while working in Miami and um, I also met her husband Pastor Tedrick while in Miami as well Um, and that just happened by happenstance but I want to thank publicly Pastor Tedrick, and I shared this with Myra in a um, pre-production conversation yesterday about how much your impartation into my life that day, although it was years ago, two, three years ago, uh, really, really, really kind of galvanized me. And I believe certainly is one of the reasons why we're doing LED. And so I want to thank you for being one of the individuals that God placed in my life um, to pour into me or to plant that seed, which is now manifesting. So I'm excited and I'm grateful. And I cannot thank you, Pastor Tedrick, enough. You really don't even know me like that. Myra kind of does, but you really don't even know me. And I'm so grateful that you were obedient to the voice of the Lord um, in, in, your, in your speaking over my life during that season. You had no idea what I was dealing with, no idea maybe what my dreams or aspirations or goals were, yet you were obedient. And so I'm so grateful to you and even Tamara for trusting me during that season to do the work that we were able to do together. So thank you both again. Oh, wow. Uh, Dante, I just want to tell you thank you so much. And I'm sitting here almost in tears because uh, it was just simple obedience and you know to see you walking in the very things that god has had for your life to see you walking in this now moment it it brings great joy and gladness to my heart you know people don't understand that whatever is for you god is going to do it and that's what god had spoken and now yeah and by the time it comes to fruition in the natural you know you are walking into it so i'm very appreciative for this opportunity and i'm very 
grateful to be a part of the very thing that God had allowed me to speak into your life, which, you know, I'm just in total awe right now. As am I. I really, really am. And so let's jump right in. Today we're talking about relationships. We're talking about marriage, uh, dealing with both of those, um, the highs and lows. And so I just want to jump right in. So tell me how y'all met. Either one of y'all could just jump right in. How did y'all meet? You know, everyone was bragging about, you know, Prophet Ted. Oh, you, you know, you have to meet. Indeed. Prophet Ted, but we actually <laughs> met through um, a mutual friend. I was petrified when I met him um, because at that time I was not in, in the walk that I am in now. And I was like, Lord, cover me. Don't let the man of God really see. Um, so it was very interesting. You know, I was real churchy, like, you know, bless God and mm-hmm. nice to meet you and all those things. So that's how we met. We met through a mutual friend um, who thought that we would be good together Mm -hmm. um but when we met you know it was really you know churchy you know very churchy um a lot of church fanfare and conversations and it was around a group of people so it was um I was nervous so we weren't meeting to date we were originally meeting to just meet Mm -hmm. um because you know everybody was like oh he's the eagle eye you know chief prophet and you know I was like okay you know and I'm like I'm a prophet too well let me see what he got but you know I was still (laughs) nervous right um so we met originally to just meet for friendship and mm-hmm. then as time progressed we did realize that our mutual friend was right and that it was um a connection okay so what what was the thing in myra that really really spoke to you or 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 confirmed or affirmed that pastor tedrick was the one or was someone that you wanted to be with long term Um, the first thing that really affirmed it was that Ted was not looking for a first lady. He was looking for a wife, um, because I was not wanting to be a first lady. Um, I was kind of running away, running from my calling. I was like, okay, you know, it's cool, you know, but what really affirmed it to me is, um, I have a communication background and usually when I would date, it was very hard to find men that could spar with me in conversation. Mm-hmm. And um, Pastor Ted and I were talking on the phone one night, and I had to go look up a word. Now, I used to be an English teacher, so I had to call my girlfriend. I was like, girl, he got me looking up words. Like, I didn't even know what the word meant, but, you know, through context clues, right. like we teach the kids, I was able to keep the conversation going. But um, Ted had a conversation out of this world um and i told him i said now your talk game was strong pastor um but he had a he had a conversation out of this world and i loved the way he loved people i really saw a shepherd's heart um in him and i loved the way he loved people and so that attracted me to him because i was very unattracted to the fact of being in ministry so I was like, you're going to have to really bring me in. So I fell in love with um, Pastor Ted. I did not fall in love with Prophet Tedrick, Pastor Tedrick. I did not fall in love with that man. I literally fell in love with Ted. And um, because we had a friendship, it was easy to love him. Um, and then it was easy to move into my calling. Um, you know, once we got married and got situated, it was a little bit easier to be in agreement with, you know, my calling. So, but I fell in love with Ted and then um, I got to know 
Prophet Tedrick, um, Pastor Tedrick. I got to know that man, but I fell in love with Ted. So that that's what did it for me. Pastor, what about you? What At what point did you know that Myra was the one? I really, it was, it was really weird um, because like I met her and, you know, I, I was just smitten by how she carried herself, her manner of conversation and just being very humble in her character and humility. And, you know, we would talk from time to time and just I really enjoyed her conversation and there was nothing that we could not talk about, you know, and especially when you meet people through church, mm-hmm. it, you always have that religious conversation, but there was not one thing that we could not talk about. And that really helped me to see Myra as an individual and not for a woman of God, not for, mm-hmm. you know, business. But none of those things, I really had a chance to learn Myra and that really separates a lot of relationships because when you meet people on a precept of, okay, they're saved and they're this and they're that, but when you actually find out the actual person and the character, you're like, okay, there is no agreement to who you present and who you really are. So once you really get to find out the actual person, it really helps you to love them and appreciate them instead of their representative. I think it's so interesting that that we're talking about dating or finding love within the confines of the church there's mm-hmm. so many misconceptions or so many ideologies of what relationships look like in the church what do you think is the most biggest misconception for of relationships starting or being birthed in the church i think for us um you know a lot of church people you love to use that scripture about being equally yoked. And Mm -hmm. I tell people it is more than just spiritually equally being equally yoked. You need to be equally yoked in some other areas because we're not going to be in church all day. So what other things do we like? And that was really important to us because we had been in previous relationships where spiritually that person, yeah, we were equally yoked, but we had absolutely nothing in common. And so I think for Ted and I, it was like, okay, so what other things are you into? What other things do you like? Can I right. get into those things? Because church has the highest divorce rate, especially the black church. And Absolutely. that's something very, um, that's a big deal to Ted and I. So our ministry really focuses on family and relationships because we have seen where relationships get destroyed in church because people don't know how to have a life outside of church. So I think that's the biggest misconception is we misrepresent that scripture about being equally yoked. Um, It is more than just a spiritual yoking. It like, you know, we have to have the same thought process about raising children. We need to have similar synergies about what we agree family should be. We need to have some similar synergies about what we agree family or fun time should be. and I think the misconception is that church people don't have fun. I mean, mm-hmm. Ted and I, we crack up. We, you know, I, I, I was on Facebook the other night. My husband was like, my wife got that wop. And he was like, she got that mad, <laughs> she got that mad worship and praise. That's right. And so, you know, people were like, oh my God, y'all need to make it a shirt. Worthy wall got that wop. But I mean, like church people can have a good time. And Absolutely. I think the misconception is, when you meet somebody in church, you know, 
I tell women all the time, they're like, oh, I want a, I want a husband like Pastor Ted. I'm sure he's just home praying and speaking in tongue. I was like, no, he's playing Call of Duty, honey. Um, <laughs> so I think it's this misconception that church people, we're just sitting around reading our Bibles all day. And we do do that. Right. Or that, you know, that Ted is just walking around, you know, in the seventh realm of heaven, um, praying for people all day. Um, and I think that's a misconception for church people too so it's this weird thing of being equally yoked and then it's this falsehood of all we doing is praying and speaking in tongues and interceding for people no the pastor and i are having a really good time and we really enjoy life and i think that's what makes ministry fun for us because we're teaching that to other people if it's your anniversary i don't care that you serve in church you need to go enjoy it exactly i love that And I think, Mara and Pastor, one of the things that we've noted through COVID and even before, there's always been an attack on marriages and attacking on on the family unit. But more specifically during this pandemic, we've we've seen that there's a rise in the number of divorces that are happening and the number of separations or breakups Mm -hmm. that, that are happening. What do you think that it takes for marriages to sustain and be healthy? in or in the church or outside of the church uh one thing a lot of people forget is that even though when you get married that person whom you're with that's still your girlfriend that's still your boyfriend the playful times still need to happen date night is so important just that time of you two building and continuing that bond is so vital and whenever you lose sight of that that's when the mundaneness of life, children, family, everything that can come against the marriage will happen and you have to make that time for your spouse. Like sometimes, you know, Myra and I will be around the house and we'll just have fun, just out the blue. You know, she'll be in the kitchen, I'll come right behind the tap her, hey, how you doing? I like that, honey. Mm-hmm. You know, and just certain certain moments like that where you, where you have to have those and, and never forget that the same yeah. thing that you've done to make that person this key person in your life, you have to continue with. Be consistent, because that's the only thing that's going to sustain your. That's the only thing that's going to sustain your marriage, is not forgetting the very thing that you've done. And I think communication too. Like you can't shy away from talking. And mm-hmm. I think Ted and I have established like grounds for disagreement. There are some times where you have to just say, we're going to stop right here and we're going to agree to disagree. Absolutely. Um, And I think people don't argue or disagree fairly. You know, you start hitting below the belt. There's resentment there. So early on, we had to like build out rules of engagement, Mm -hmm. you know, like, okay, we have these rules of engagement. When it gets to this level, let's just stop. Um, you know, and you know, people be like, "Oh, going to prayer." Uh, that sounds really sweet, but Pastor and I are not going into prayer when we upset. It's mm-hmm. like let's stop right now because what you don't want to do is say something you can't take back. Very and true. I tell people that all the time. When you love someone, that scripture is so true about love covers all things because it should cover your mouth to make you stop. Right, so you stop. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, cool. Let's get in separate corners and let's process. And usually the next day you can kind of come, especially when you love somebody, there's a softness in your heart. So even when you're mad, you're still like, you hungry? You know, like I could be mad with Pastor, but I'm like, you still, you want to eat? You know, you want some coffee? I'm making some coffee. 
I'm, I'm angry or I'm disappointed about that thing. I'm not angry or disappointed in him, the man. So it's learning those rules of engagement and, and, and fighting and arguing fairly and not having this misconception that Ted and I are holding hands and speaking in tongue when we get upset, you know, for the Holy Ghost to just jump in and intervene. No, not at that moment. And so, you know, I, what Ted and I really are trying to do is get people out of this religious state, yeah. this churchiness. Um, and so we're very transparent with our congregation. We're very transparent with our members. Like, you know, we don't, I'm sorry. We, we didn't pray about that. <laughs> we were upset. He took a moment. I took a moment and then we came back. Mm -hmm. Um, but the good thing about being saved is that we have the Holy spirit that kind of guides us. So that's what I mean by that soft spot. I'm mad, but I'm still cooking. You know, I'm mad, but I'm not going to deny you in the bedroom. You know, mm -hmm. I'm disappointed with what you thought, but you Ted's still taking care of these bills. Like those things yeah. don't stop. So just having co open communication and really forming rules of engagement. Let's talk about uh, the implicit bias that applies to relationships. Of course, you know, relationships are totally different from back then, back in the day, maybe the, the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, than where they are now. The roles of women have increased. You know, you know there's equity in some ways um, in our society now where women are not necessarily in the homes all day, every day as they once were. Do you think that there is still a misconception about the role of women in marriage or what the role of the husband or the wife is in marriage? Um, I think there's somewhat of a misconception. I've been blessed to have a really good career. Um, when I met Ted, I had a really good career and he really helped push me to be like, go after what you want. Um, but I do, you know, I started a business called Kingdom Classy. The Lord had told me there was a, a like a reawakening that needed to happen to bring Classy back to the kingdom for women. Um, and I tell women, there's an art to submission. Um, yes, you can go out into the world and do all of those great things. I mean, I've been a CEO before. I've done all those things. But at the end of the day, when I walk into the door, I am someone's wife. Yeah. Now, the roles have metamorphosed a little bit from when, you know, my parents were coming up. Right. Um, because Pastor Ted washes dishes. He washed clothes. I mean, he does all those things, too, because we have learned the art of true partnership but at the same time because i am out there in the world i don't let the world dictate to me spiritually what i should be doing in my home so i am still a wife i am still making sure that there's peace in our home and there's love and you know 85 to 90 percent of the time i'm taking care of dinner i'm making sure but those times when he discerns she's exhausted it's been a long week. She just finished writing a grant or she just did this. I got it. Or there's a phone call. Don't cook. Um, I'm taking you out to dinner. I got it. And Pastor Ted, you know, we're modern day people. We have a maid too. So mm -hmm. he felt like that was important with me being a working woman. You know, he's like, you, you need that. You know, yeah. we need that. So I have still taken on the duties of a traditional wife with the agreement that it's a partnership of when I'm tired or when I don't want to, you know, he steps right on in. 
Um, but I do think sometimes we teach in church like, oh, you should be cooking every day and washing the clothes. And I, and, and I, I am somewhat in agreement that there's a traditional role, yes, for a wife to submit to your husband. Um, and to me, when you love somebody, you want to kind of do those things. You know, Ted is not asking that I cook every day, but I want to cook. You know what I'm saying? When I'm not exhausted, I do want to cook for him. I do want a nice home. You know, when he walks in, I want the house to be nice and presentable because I love him and I want those things, him to have those experiences. But at the same time, Ted has no problem jumping in, intervening, intervening, you know, saying, I got it. You know, like I have to preach tomorrow and he has literally taken care of everything, you know, to make sure that I can have a stress-free day, that I can be studying my word, that I can have some time with God. So he, you know, it's an even balance. It's a true partnership. And I think that's what we need to be teaching, partnerships instead of roles. Mm, I like that. So let's talk about commitment, commitment to God, commitment to each other. What do you think a couple's can do a couple can do to enhance their commitment to each other daily daily um, Amos 3 and 3 where simply it says two can't not two can't walk together unless there's agreement you have to make an agreement to to be in a marriage to be a part of whatever you're gonna do being able to do that um, every day is vital just like my wife said about communication Communicate, talk, agree on certain things so that every time you get up and you leave this house, you know what's going on. Hey, babe, this is what we're doing. Now, I don't want to do that. You're in agreement. And knowing that you're doing that and even sometimes being able to say, hey, what do you feel like doing? Even if that's not what you really want to do, you have to be considerate to your spouse because, you know, they, they have feelings too. They're a person also. And just being in agreement and not just in, you know, the, the marriage and, and at home, but also spiritually, you know, mm -hmm. what church does she like? What form of worship? Like, how does she like certain things? And every aspect of your being there has to be in agreement to make your marriage work. Because when you're at odds or you really don't agree and you're just going through the motion because it's the right thing to do or you just want to create the appearance of, that's really not beneficial to you or your, or your spouse. But when you can be on one accord and be able to, to walk together and live. That's why, that's part of the reason why we called our ministry Worthy Walk, because the foundation of being able to have this journey in life together, you have someone that you can do it with. So when you get tired, they're there, they're with you. And agreement is so important, especially uh, when you're, when you serve together in various roles with your spouse. Right. Like, you know, my wife, she has a business. I try to support her. Like whenever she has orders that need to go out, I'm her employee because guess what? This is my wife and this is what's important to you. I'm going to agree to help how I can to get it done. Whenever I have to go to different churches, my wife is right there. In some churches, she I know she's tired. She really don't want to go, but she's in support and she's in pastor mode right there, right along with me, knowing that this is what God has called us to do. And even when it's just my situation where I have to minister, my wife is right there right. in support. So when you know that you have that, someone that's with you and walking with you in life, it makes life much more easier and you can really appreciate the bond and relationship that y'all share. I want to talk about dealing with difficulty. So how long have you all, you all have been married a good little minute. How long have y'all been together? Six, Six years. years. Six years, right? And so 
in most cases, especially today's in today's time, there are a lot of annulments, as I stated before. You know, people get married to get divorced. You know, mm-hmm. relationships and marriages aren't what they used to be. The understanding, the 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 whole covenant idea is just like not even existing anymore. It's not respected anymore. I want to talk about those dark days. What gets you both through those dark days? Um, of course, there's I'm sure unconditional love, which I can obviously tell through the discussion. But what is it that you all do to navigate through those those tough times, those rough patches? I there are two things that I do. The first thing is self care. A lot of times when we're having difficulties. It's because I haven't had any me time, any self time. And you can get depleted even in a marriage. People are like, oh, you have a husband. But you can still get depleted um, because you're giving to that person and you're giving to the world. Um, So I think during those difficult times, you need to regroup and you need to reevaluate self and have some alone time. Like, what do I need? What do I want? What do I desire? Because it can get lost in marriage because... For me, especially being a pastor's wife, you become first lady, you know, prophet's wife, pastor's wife. You know, I have to tell people I have a name. You know, my name is Myra. I'm not pastor's wife, you know, because you can totally lose yourself and lose your identity. Um, And some women want that. You know, they want to be a first lady. But, you know, for the rest of us, that's just like we didn't really ask for this. You can totally get lost in that world or in your spouse's world. So the first thing is you know, self-care for me. And then I think also I, for those difficult times, I go to um, the one that made Ted. So Mm. I have to really get on my knees because if I'm talking to Ted and and there's a disconnect, then I'm just going to go to the one that made you. I'm going to go to the manufacturer of Ted. Because I know that whatever is wrong with the order, the manufacturer can fix it. Say that again. Say that again. Say that again. Say that again. (laughs) I love that. I go to the manufacturer because I know if there's something wrong with the order, the manufacturer can fix it. So that's been the key to my success. I don't go to people, one, because of my husband's position of power. I don't go um, because I don't want his good evil spoken of. But at the same time, they didn't make Ted. His mom didn't make him. You know, she was the the, the avenue that helped right. him get here. But I go to the manufacturer. The manufacturer is the one that has all of the measurements of how Ted should be. So when Ted gets out of line or if there's a defect, the manufacturer can fix it. So that is how I deal with difficult days because I know that I have a prayer life and I have a relationship with God and I know that he desires for me to be happy. And so if I am feeling unhappy and the unhappiness is stemming from Ted, then I just go straight to the manufacturer and be like, fix it. Hmm. I ordered it. I bought it from you. I got it from you. So now you, you, you have to fix it. And he does, you know? And so that's, how you deal with those difficult days you go to the one that made that person and you tell them i got this from you and i got a lifetime warranty so you can fix it any and every time and i have a lifetime warranty on pastor ted so i go to the person that made them and i put them in remembrance the bible says put me in remembrance of my word 
So I put him in remembrance of the fact that I have a lifetime guarantee on Ted. So whenever there is a discrepancy, my lifetime manufacturing warranty says that you will fix it. Yeah. Every time. Every time. Pastor, what, That's what how about I you? Deal with it. Oh, for me, um, in those moments, you know, I um, I know this may sound a little churchy, but mm -hmm. I, I do take my time. I'm like, God, if there's anything in me, like, because, like, one thing, when you're a man and you have testosterone, testosterone, you're going to break everything. You're not going to ask no questions. You'll just start doing damage. And I'm like, God, just quell that within me so that I can yeah. have the right mind to understand, to receive. Maybe it could be my misperception of something that is causing me, it causing me to act out. And if I don't get the full context or something, God, let me know so that in case there's something that we can easily discuss or if we can just simply hash it out, let's do that in a way that will be pleasing to you and also respectful to my wife because sometimes you know, just being a man, like, yeah, I love God, I serve God, but, you know, I, I, I still have some attitude and behaviors. My my, uh, my mentor just say, son, you have a lot of Peter still on your life, hmm. you know, liking to fight and carry on. And that's one thing I don't want to do in my marriage, and I don't want to betray that behavior when my wife is submitted to me as, as a man of God. So, you know, I ask God, I'm like, God, just, you know, let me have a moment to where I can be able to sit and find out or even if it's something that I may have done, and you know when people call you to the carpet of certain behaviors, that's not the time to fly off the handle when someone is bringing something to you in love. You still need to be able to be respectful. Like um, just before this broadcast, my wife has shared something with me that you know she's like, look, I know you like to be, you know, a little relaxed, but with certain individuals, you can't be so relaxed. And I was like, yeah. hello, honey, I will. I'm like, honey, you're right. And she's like, hold on, wait a minute, where's my husband? Because you usually, I'm like, honey, I'm trying to, I'm trying to honor the God that's in, that's, that's in you, period, point blank. So if you're going to come to me and you love me enough, let me be receptive and receive the very words that you're giving me to help me be a better person and be a better man. And so as a man, you just got to take that position and stance to say, hey, look, I don't need to beat on my chest, but let me get in a posture of, of humility to where I can really get this situation taken care of in the right way and, the I, and I think it's about timing too mm -hmm. you know because my yeah. husband always is like pray for the right time mm -hmm. you know if I need to talk to somebody he's like but is this the time that God said for you to be talking to them because sometimes you know he always says don't uh, let your words like Pearls on swine, that scripture. Swine. He loves to say that yes, to me uh, because he yes, was like, uh, you, you're you wasting words if someone's heart is not ready to receive. Yes. So that's another thing that. too in a relationship. Is the person ready to receive what you have to say? Are they receiving it as a critique or will they receive it as constructive criticism? And you got to discern where your spouse is because... Mm -hmm. There have been times I was like, well, honey, why you didn't tell me that before? He was like, you weren't ready yet. And he was right. Mm. If he would have said it three months ago, I would have been hot. I would have been in my feelings. I'd be like, you ain't listening. But he was right. I wasn't ready. Sometimes God has to allow things to happen for me to then receive what my husband is saying to say, now you're ready to receive that. So I think, too, for difficult times in a marriage, you have to be able to discern timing. Because sometimes you run into difficulty because you said something out of the right time. Right content, wrong time. 
So then you experience the difficulties because you haven't gained wisdom in reading your spouse to see if this is the time. You know, when I shared that with Pastor Ted today, it was a relaxed environment. You know, we're going to brunch. We're chilling. We're just doing our thing. So I knew his spirit would be more receptive to what I was saying. It wasn't a tight, tense moment. And you have to learn in a relationship to pick your battles. My mom taught me that. That is so true. You got to pick your battles. Like, is this really worth us being mad all Saturday or can it wait? You know what I mean? So I have learned, and I think, you know, Ted has learned that too. We've learned to pick our battles. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not going to deal with this. You know, like, she not ready. He not ready. We we just not going to deal with this. We're going to give it a little more time. And then when something happens, then you're like, Okay, now let's deal with this head on because you're you're ready to hear me. You're ready to receive me. So I think that is another thing too, discerning the time with your spouse. I mean, that's, you know, people think being in tune just is a sexual thing, but no, mentally, like you got to be like, they're not there yet. And you got to be okay with that. True. I agree with everything you just said. I want to talk a little bit about, so you both shared what it is that you all do separately in terms of, when there are those dark moments or those see there's those those times when you got to go back to the drawing board and say god you know i need you to intervene or i need you to pray you know when there's a maybe a disconnect but i want to talk a little bit about what you do collectively um to renew your commitment to god and how important is that in your marriage or your relationships i think ours is a little different because we're pastoring so we are constantly studying our word together and praying. We spend a lot of time in prayer together because we're, you know, we're praying for our members naturally and then, you know, family and things of that nature. So for us collectively, it always kind of goes back to God because we're spending that time in the word together. We're sharpening each other in such a way, you know. Um, So that is our go-to because of, the fact that we pastor so that tends to be our go-to um collectively and then collectively too you know i guess in the natural we really try to um compromise you know it's like okay i'm gonna compromise on this situation because i hear your heart and i hear where you're going with this so i'm going to compromise so for us it it's it's those two things we always go back to the god thing because we're spending time studying the word together um and we're sharpening each other and then we always it it, someone's going to compromise at some point and you have to understand that you know um and we do the 80 20 thing that td jakes talked about you know about some days you know i I can only do the 20 and I need you to do the 80, you know, and vice versa. Um, and then, and I'm real. Some days I need you to do the hundred. I'm that depleted, you know, and you have to be honest and vulnerable enough to say during those dark moments, I can't do anything. You know, in January, my mom got put on life support and for about three months I was operating at zero. Like I was just barely functioning, wow. but we were still pastoring, praying for people, prophesying, but at home I was functioning at zero because it took all I could do to function in the real world. So when I got home to my husband, it was like, I'm at zero. So for those months, he carried that weight and it was a dark time, but he carried it. And he was like, 
these are those times where you can't do the 80 20. There are some times in a marriage where you literally, your mate is doing the 100. And, mm-hmm. and, it, and you got to be okay with that. Um, and we've had times where I had to do the 100. But when that situation happened with my mom, he was like, I'll, I'll shoulder this for us. And um, so I think for us, we it, it always kind of goes back to God because we are pastoring. But, you know, I tell people the 80-20 rule is great, but I always tell people that we're counseling for marriage. There will be some times where you're going to have to do 100. Absolutely. I love that. Let me ask you this. Does the level of a couple's physical intimacy in marriage reflect the quality of their marriage? Yes. <laughs> he didn't even let me answer. He like, yes. Yes, yes, it does. Yes, it does. Tell Ooh. me why. Let me explain. Number one, you have to be attracted to your spouse physically, intellectually, emotionally. You have to have a reason to want to open yourself and share. And you got to realize when you're married, this is the very same person that from the day that you said with this ring, I be wed until the day you take your last breath to cross over home. This is going to be the very person that you're going to have that intimate connection with, the person that you're going to bring life into this earth with and just go through so many life traumas and so many life blessings with. And so being able to want to be around that person, that person, like every time I come home, I see my wife, I'm like, hey, God, I thank you. I thank God literally every day because it's more than just her beauty. It's more than just, you know, her shape. It's her smile. It's her knowing what makes me happy on the inside. So when you have someone that knows you so intrinsically well, you have a great appreciation due to her being attracted to you as well. So, you know, having that, and that does carry over into the physical relationship, which is important. I think church people, we don't like to talk about sex. We really don't. But we're we're young pastors, and so, you know, God is faithful. Um, (laughs) So we don't have a problem talking about (laughs) sex. I know, that's right. But I tell people all the time, you need to be having sex a lot when you're married because life happens and the enemy will find any way to try to sneak in, come in. Um, And so to me, just that connection um, is important between us. And I I tell people all the time, I don't know why, why sex is such a taboo thing in the church. Um, because people, they're having sex, um, married, unmarried. So we should be talking about it and really setting people free. I think a lot of marriages would do a lot better if they were having probably more sex. Um, and I think just that level of connection, like Ted said, is so important because, you have a place of refuge. There's a mm-hmm. level of intimacy that happens when you're having sex with your partner. Yes. You know, when you're having sex with your spouse, there's a level of intimacy and connection um, that you're getting. And yeah. to me, when that's depleted or you're not doing that, then it becomes a problem. But the body of Christ, you know, you know, we get shy and you know, we turn away and, mm-hmm. you know, our anniversary is next weekend. And we tell people, you know, me and Pastor, we went into intense worship starting Friday. Mm-hmm. So we will talk to y'all yes. um, on Monday when we get back. Worship. Um, 
Yes, yeah, intense. God. It's very intense. It's an intense <laughs> praise and worship experience. That's God's creation. And um, you know, Amen. but I think you should. It should be a lighthearted thing, and we make Absolutely. it a lighthearted thing at our church. But I have Absolutely. gone to churches, and it's like, you know, the pastor, you know, won't say anything about yeah. sex, and you know, my husband be like, "Hey, we getting out." You know, me and the wife, we trying to go home. We love y'all, and to me, you can tell in a married couple what's going on oh, and i absolutely. used to even say that at work when the people be at work and they don't want to go home at five o'clock and they just dragging and they're miserable and they're trying to make you miserable i used to always say something not right at the house because i be trying to get to the house mm-hmm. ted be trying to get to that we even be <laughs> at church and be like okay god bless you god bless you we trying to get home yeah. so to me if and that is another thing that really, and it, and it's a re, it's a way of release too. So it helps with stress. It helps with all of those things. Um, and we encourage it. And we encourage the married people in our ministry. We encourage them to foster that. We're like, go on vacation, go on date night, do something spontaneous. Um, I tell people perfect attendance doesn't equate salvation. So I'm always baffled when people feel like, oh, we just can't miss the service. Um, you know, we won't be worshiping on Sunday. It's our anniversary. So next Sunday we won't be worshiping. And that's just the truth of a thing. Because I tell people our marriage is our first ministry. So if we fail at that, why are we preaching to y'all? That's very true. I want to talk about, I want to speak, I want both of you as a wife, as a husband to speak to those that are listening or that may be listening who are contemplating divorce um, or are having a breakdown in their communication or their marriage at this point, you know, given as a, as a pastor, as a first lady, or just as a, as a husband or a wife, what advice would you say or would you give to someone who is debating or contemplating that? For me, I'm going to go back to my statement about when Ted and I were having difficulties, you know, or have difficulties go to the manufacturer because a lot of people, family, friends, info, will have a lot to say about what they think you should be doing. Um, But my mom used to say to me, I'm sleeping in a warm bed every night with your dad. So what are you going to do? And I used to be like, oh my. But it was her way of saying, I could give you all the advice in the world, but I'm going to go home to my man. What are you going to do? What decision are you going to make? And so I just say to anybody contemplating divorce, you really need to spend time in prayer. Um, Ted and I both have been divorced before. Um, So this issue resonates very loudly (laughs) with us because we understand church hurt that could come with divorce. And so we try to prepare people. There will be a ripping. There will be a ripping. Um, Divorce is like death. Only the person is walking around still alive. You know, but you literally go through all of the stages of death um, when you go through a divorce. And so we spend a lot of time counseling people and encouraging people because we have experienced a hurt um, and a pain so deep. We've experienced church hurt. Mm -hmm. Um, We've experienced being ostracized um, in church for going through with our divorces, even though we had the biblical reasons to be going through with our divorce. Um, We still experience that. And so for me, I try to encourage people to really get alone with yourself and with God. And then I tell people, um, 
Go to counseling. Yes. Sometimes it's the oh God, uh, yes. African-American Christians, we struggle with wanting to go to counseling. Mm-hmm. We're like, God can do it. He can and he will. But he also put people on this earth that can help us, that can talk to us. A yes. lot of times what's going on in the marriage is trauma from other things. It could be childhood. It could be whatever, past relationships. And so oftentimes the relationship could work if we could deal with the trauma. But we don't want to talk about trauma. We just like, oh, you know, put it at God's feet. And that sounds really good. But my husband calls it Christianese. Mm-hmm. It sounds really good. <laughs> yeah. But what does that really mean? Even though I put it at God's feet, I'm still dealing with it. I'm still hurting about it. So I can put it at God's feet and, and I can go to a counselor and yeah. work through my issues. So those are my my things. Um I mean, Pastor, what's your take on it? Oh, my it? gosh. You, we are so same page because the counseling. And here's my thing. Yes, we all love God. We're Christian people. But guess what? Your pastor's not anointed to help you with, with certain problems and being able to be objective, to be able to help bring any resolve or show you the things that you're missing because everything is Bible-focused, which that's nothing wrong. That's their job. But when it comes down to thinking about divorce, you need to consider all factors. Have we tried everything? Yeah. Have we done? Like, what is it that we're not doing? What is it that we're missing? Do we actually like each other? You need to sit down with someone who can be objective, that has learned and went to school for this. And for the church folks listening, that the people who are anointed to help you in mm-hmm. those matters to make a decision. And if you've exhausted all resources and it's not working, whatever you, do, whatever, whatever a family decides to do, that's on them. But at least try to make it work. Don't have an issue with, you know, one thing, but you're not dealing with addressing another. Um, you know, I, I, I had a friend of mine who recently, you know, time after time, year after year, you know, his wife, she wasn't good with the money. So if you know she's not good with the money, why do you keep allowing her to have access? You just right. step up and do what you need to do. And since you're not, this is where I have to point the barrel of the shotgun at you because it shows that, you have something where you know that this is the area of concern and you're not addressing it. Now, I don't know if you have another motive that's allowing you to do this so you can be free, but if you're really not going to take the time to address and attack and attack at all, then, you know, whatever you're going to do is what you're going to do. But if you want to be objective, deal with it and try to make your marriage work if it's possible. Yeah. I think... This idea of marriage, this covenant of marriage is something that we, that most, you know, dream of. But I think there are a lot of misconceptions and a lot of things that maybe we personally have mm-hmm. experienced um, through so childhood or seeing our peers get married and it, and it break down. But I, I'm so excited that there are couples, young and old, that are still committed to marriage. The idea of the covenant um, of marriage and are and are committed to sharing with others and empowering others um, on the blessing and the benefit of of marriage and making it last no matter what. And so I want to thank you guys for being a part of this show. You already know how I feel about you, so I'm not going to go into that again. But <laughs> I do want uh, you all to tell the people how can they follow you, what you guys have coming up. Um, Mara, I know that you have books and businesses and you know, just 
just a whole mogul in yourself. And I want people to know how they can follow your ministry, Pastor, so that they can stay engaged with what you all are doing now and in the days, months, and weeks to come. Um, we are on, you know, all social media outlets as Worthy Walk Ministries. Um, our ministry is in Hollywood. You know, with the pandemic, we're doing everything virtually. And so um, at the top of the year, Pastor and I are looking for a new facility. So we'll be putting that on our social media pages where our new facility will be at the top of the year. Um, I have a business uh, called Kingdom Classy where I do business consulting and life coaching. Um, I just released a book um, September 10th called From the Boardroom to the Bedroom. It's 10 transferable skills for women that they can use in both areas. So I really was intrigued today when you asked the questions about the roles, um, because I really believe as women, we can have the best of both worlds. We can have a great career, we can have a great relationship. And so God led me to really focus on that for women to really begin to teach them the art of being able to do both. Um, and so that's, those are like our social media. And then of course, Pastor Ted has this, you know, very personal, regular um, Facebook page and Instagram, um, just Tedrick Williams. And I have my Myra uh, Williams, but those um, we do share a lot of things that's going on with our ministry. Um, I will be preaching tomorrow. Um, and I, you know, we preach at different places. Uh, Pastor Ted ministers at a lot of different services, so they can always check out our social media page um, for Worthy Walk Ministries to see where um, Prophet Ted will be or where I will be um, more Pastor Ted than I. Um, and But we do have Bible studies on Wednesday nights, um, and they're virtually, so we would love for people to connect with us on our Worthy Walk Ministry page so that they can be invited to our Zoom and into our Bible studies. We do an hour of power. It's very interactive. It's been extremely powerful. And we literally have had since the pandemic, God has blessed us to have people all over. So we don't just have people um, in Miami, but we literally have people in Kansas and Atlanta and wow. Texas. And so God has been really faithful and really good to us. And so those are all of our social media outlets. All right. Please, you guys, please follow follow Pastor Tedrick and Myra Williams. I'm so excited, again, that you all have joined this conversation. Uh, for more information on LED, more information on Worthy Walk Ministries, and all that these two amazing individuals are doing, please follow their social media pages, as Myra has described. And, of course, we'll post it on our social media outlets as well. Thank you so much for listening to LED. We hope that you've been blessed by today's episode, and we look forward to another great conversation next week. Bye, guys.